0: never sell party on the profits so where does that go on the internet all righty so we are here on the party on the profits podcast with beth azor beth thank you so much for being on our show aviva thank you for having me i'm so excited well, uh it's the pleasure is all mine so i we always start on the party on the profits podcast with an, an introduction beth who are you what do you do where do you live and um how do you what is your best pursuit to success and happiness
1: wow <laughs> okay i need some coffee for that okay so i'm beth azor I'm in South Florida, I live in a suburb of Fort Lauderdale, I own shopping centers down here, so I own six shopping centers valued at $87 million, and they're all within 10 minutes of my house, I'm leaving this Zoom call to go show space, so I am the chief cook and bottle officer, I do have uh, a director of operations who's been with me for 16 years, and I have a property manager a bookkeeper and an intern who is a quasi you know helper with the leasing but she also does a lot of other things I'm a single mom of two uh boys one is 20 and one is 17 the 20 year old is a blonde haired blue-eyed rapper you heard that right and my 17 year old is a junior in high school and is going to be a professional golfer if anyone if he has to if he has anything to do with it and um, what was the last question, my pursuit of happiness? No, my pursuit of success? Yes. So my my success, whatever that is, has really uh, been attributed to two things. One is work ethic. I have always outworked everybody on any team I've ever been on. And relationships. I've always maximized, for valued, getting to know people, helping them. And then by helping them, eventually, you know, we've worked together. We were business partners. We did deals together. So uh, relationships and work ethic. And um, yeah, and I am on a mission, Aviva. I'm on a mission to get women to invest in real estate. And I did a LinkedIn poll a few months ago. And I said, are you an investor? Are you a woman? And are you an investor? And if you are not, why not? And the, I got six reasons. I think five or six reasons. One, fear. They were afraid. Two, they thought it was too complicated. Three, they hated math. Four, they thought it was too risky. And five, a guy, oh, five, they didn't have enough money. And six, a man in their life gave them advice to not do it. So I'm on a mission and 80% of it was fear. So I did a poll on LinkedIn, but those were all of the reasons, but 80% was fear. So I'm having an event Friday afternoon, uh, March 21st from 12 to five. And it's the first, first annual Women Commercial Real Estate Investment Summit. It's a virtual event. I'm praying that next year it will be in person. And I'm interviewing six of my friends, girlfriends, women who have invested, one invested in land, one invested in restaurants and hotels, another bought hotels from the Marriott, like two or three. One just bought her first shopping center, and one is, um, has 34 residential units in Wichita, Kansas. And these are all my friends. And the whole theme of the day is if we can do it, so can you. So if any of your listeners are interested in commercial real estate, Friday afternoon, be there. And I will get a link from you. I
0: you, literally, I got chills and a, a little tear came to my eye because uh, I'm very passionate about the same thing. And. It's great to find warriors fronting this battle because it is overwhelming. And I'm, I know I'm not telling you anything you don't know. So I really appreciate you leading the way. It's incredible. So tell me, where, how, where did you get your start in real estate and how did you get here today?
1: So my parents were in residential real estate. So when you have parents in residential real estate, I've heard this across the board, is I got my license when I was 18. So that just happens, right? And so during college, during summers, I would waitress at night or hostess in a you know fancy dining room in like a Sheridan Hotel. I had that job for five years. And during the day, I would sit open houses for my parents or do things in the real estate office when um, that was all through college. And then when I graduated, I got a job in, I wanted to run the Olympics one day. I loved planning special events. So I got a job as a special events coordinator for the Heart Association of Greater Miami, but I only made $11,000 a year, which was like 30 today. Yeah. So on the weekends, I did real estate and I sat open houses. What I had known I was doing my whole you know college career. So I got, uh. I think $50 a day to sit in open house. So that was a hundred bucks a weekend, 400 bucks a month, 4,800 a year on top of my 11,000, I'm getting closer to being able to pay my bills and I got commissions and stuff too. So there were bonuses in the real estate gig. And I did that two years straight. I worked seven days, two years straight. And I got tired of that. And even though my job at the heart association went from 11,000 to 18 to 23,000. So I doubled my salary and I loved my job. My real estate gig had gone from 50 a day to like, you know, I was making about a thousand a month. So the kind of the writing was on the wall that not-for-profit was not my thing and I needed to go into the private sector. So I left the heart, I became a volunteer there instead of an employee and I'd started doing residential real estate. And within three months, I I was like, Oh my gosh, I made the biggest mistake of my life. I went for money. I loved my job at the heart association, but I just couldn't live. I was like, I had credit card debt. I couldn't go out and party with my friends. I'm this, you know, 23 year old, 25 year old. And so, um, so I hated the residential and someone said to me, you should get into commercial real estate. And I went, gross that's selling land this that's got to be worse than this how more more boring than this and they said no no no. there's this thing called leasing and developers build shopping centers and then you help lease the space next to the supermarkets and you become part of these the people's families for life because if, when you help them achieve their Ameri- american dream and open a store they love you and i'm like sold Where, how do i get that job and they said well there's this company in miami called terranova and they have a training program for leasing agents. And I went, this is awesome. So I called Terranova and I said, who, do you have a training program to train people how to lease shopping centers? And they said, we do. I said, who's in charge of that? And they said, her name is Donna Abood. I went, Donna Abood from Florida State University. And they're like, yeah, she went to Florida State. She was my sorority sister. Wow. So she picks up the phone, Beth Azor from Florida State. I'm like, yep. She goes, you're hired. Just come meet the boss. So I went and met the boss. His name was Steven Battelle. And we had 11 people at the time when I joined, when I walked into the office of Eva, it was like 800 square foot office. When I walked in the hairs on my arms stood. I knew the minute I walked in, this is going to be my place. I don't know what it was, but I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I thought a square foot was a birth defect. Like I didn't know, I, I knew nothing about commercial real estate. I just said, this is my my soul was in like engaged. I, so I met Steven, he hired me. I stayed there 18 years. The last six years there, I was the president. I helped grow the company from 11 people to 150. And he helped me get started in investing. That's a whole other story that I can, you know, talk about later, but um I owe a lot mostly everything to, to him, not everything but a lot. And I left to know cuz I was a single mom, I would just gone through a bad divorce. I had my son was 4 and my nanny, I had a live-in nanny and she was raising my 4-year-old. And I had a uh, a Halloween party where my I promised my son I would show up and you know trying to leave the office 45 minutes away from the halloween party at the daycare and you know trying to get to the elevator people you know i need you i need you going down in the elevator going to my car in the you know going to my car i got you know i i thought i got there on time i'm running with my pumps and my hose and my blue two three piece suit Run, click 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 and i approach the windows of the daycare and there's my little four-year-old son oh, looking no. out of the window. And I opened the door, I went, Alex. And, and he was, mommy, I'm so happy to see you, but you missed the party. He was the last kid there waiting to get picked up from the workaholic mom. And I said, I gotta go. Aww. I gotta, I gotta leave this private jet, big salary, full-time assistant, power position. I have to leave it behind because I have a four-year-old who needs me. And I didn't have a kid at 40 to not do a good job at that. So I left that job and said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll figure it out. And uh, my goal was to buy one property every two years. And I ended up, you know, people started calling me saying, will you consult? Will you train our people? So I have this whole side gig of a training business now. And I own six shopping centers. I've bought some other ones. I've sold some. I gave one back to the bank in 09 with my, with my partner, BlackRock. So I've had all kinds of ups and downs, but I know with 100% fact that I am the best mom I can be. I'm way better mom than I would have been had I stayed. I, my, my son, who's now 20, he's the rapper. He's like, he, he's if you ask him what's the best you know what what was one of the best things your mom ever did she goes, she was my t-ball coach when I was four it was like the first thing I did I'm going to be your t-ball coach he never forgot that I think because probably because he hadn't seen me so much the first three years and now I'm coaching his t-ball team and then when he was eight I adopted Mario we adopted Mario and who was five at the time and he's my 17 year old so I am a kick-ass mom I have gone to every golf tournament. I've been to every performance. And and I am a professional businesswoman and own real estate. So if I can do it, you can too. That
0: resonates a lot with me because growing up, my mom was a dentist. My dad worked in real estate and dad was at everything and mom was at nothing. So and that's a big reason why I went into real estate was seeing just how different their lifestyles were.
1: Yeah. And the flexibility, right? Oh,
0: yeah. So I wish I could just pick your mind all day, but I got to make this efficient. I need to hear about Space Tank. What's the inspiration behind it? And what is it? And give me a success story.
1: We have so many. I'm so excited. So I was in Clubhouse where we met and I was listening. I I love watching Shark Tank because I like possibly learning about an idea that I could then call a retailer, a brand new, you know, um, blossoming retailer and say, Hey, you should come lease space in my shopping centers. So when shark tank, when, um, Barbara Corcoran and Dave and John started doing shark tank on clubhouse, I'm like, I got to listen. And I was listening for ideas for tenants. And while I was listening one day, I said, you know, how great would that be if I could give some burgeoning tenants some money? And then I realized, you know, I kind of have something more valuable than money. I have vacant space. And because of the pandemic, many of us have more vacant space than we used to. I said, well, what if I could do something on shark tank that I could get some landlords together and we could get, we could do pitches just like shark tank. And instead of money, we give them space. So I started calling some of my friends and some of them said, Well, that sounds like a great idea. And some have said, I don't want to give free rent away. And so what I was asking them is would you give 90 days commit to giving 90 days, free rent to a retailer, a a shop owner, maybe an online business who wants to try bricks and mortar. And in exchange, they'll take the space as is like, you don't have to do any investment in the space. They would pay a deposit. They would, um, pay the utilities, water and electric and, um, They would give insurance. And I had 10 landlords that said yes. So I went to LinkedIn and I said, look at this. Look at these landlords that have agreed to do this thing called Space Tank with me on Clubhouse. Well, when all my other friends saw those 10 logos, Aviva, the first night we had Space Tank, we had 51 landlords. Wow. So so once I got the landlord set, I started going into the Clubhouse rooms of you know, the hair salon owners and the gym owners and the beauty supply store owners. And I I would be in every room talking about Space Tank, come to Space Tank, be on Space Tank, pitch your product. And the first night we met, we had about 23 people that pitched. And of the 23 people, I think 19 got matches of three or four landlords who said, I want you, I want you, I want you. And people were DMing, like one guy said, Michael, who has a bunch of shopping centers, why have I not heard you? Because we did a pitch practice the week before to try to get the mom and pops like ready to do the pitch and I was giving them guidance and this guy Michael was very involved in the pitch practice and he was like offering them spaces in the pitch practice so the <laughs> big night I'm like Michael where are you he goes oh yeah I'm ahead of you I've already dm'd all these people in the room like he was going you know because you can see the people in the room he was going down to people that had even pitched and DMing them, I have shopping centers, I have shopping centers. It was awesome. So we did that that night, and then two weeks later, we did it another night. And then second night we had 74 landlords. So the first night was 51 landlords. The second night was 74 landlords. And that night we matched, I think, over 30 people. So um I just so my the success story, I have a lot of success stories, but one woman came on Clubhouse in a room that was not space tank related, but she saw me in there and she was, I'm here to tell you, I just signed the lease for um, a store she's opening. Where was it? I want to say Atlanta. Um, and it was for a coffee shop and they found a former coffee shop and she's uh, opening for, night. they gave her 90 days free. Oh, Tanger Outlets was the landlord and Tanger gave her, 90 days free with an option to do another 90 days at like a percentage rent or something. And she's excited, I'm excited. We had another one that, a woman that was in Ohio that had um, SAT tutoring for college students or incoming college students. And she had had the business for 20 years. She wanted to try it in Fort Myers, Florida. She had five landlords pitching her. And um, she flew down and looked at space and I think she's negotiating a deal now. So lots of mom and pops are getting to try out new markets and new concepts with wonderful, gracious landlords around the country.
0: Wow, that is uh, very forward thinking. I am ecstatic uh, thinking about just how you give back to the community that way.
1: I I just love my mom and pops. You know, the, the national retailers can't travel you know because they're mostly public companies there's liability issues they're on a travel ban so i've been telling all my landlords you know this is the year of the mom and pop you know jump in i did during the pandemic i signed i think nine leases seven were pop-ups and of the seven four have be, have signed long-term leases now
0: wow it it was very interesting we found during the pandemic how the rent checks from our mom and pops showed up but the national guys were, yeah. So. I can't pay for a year, yeah. But so, yeah, that's another, we, we feel the same way about our mom and pops. And um, if, if we didn't love them before that, COVID really showed us who was responsible. Who are
1: our true partners? Right. The nationals love to write those letters. As your partner, yeah. Wow. What's the meaning of partnership? Pay your rent.
0: <sighs> You hold up your end of the deal. I'll hold up my end of the deal.
1: Exactly. But, How yeah. many shopping centers do you guys have? So we
0: are industrial. We're we're industrial cats yeah. to the core. We own with partners about fifteen warehouses, and then we have we do third party leasing and management for about twenty to twenty five. I can't keep track anymore. Industrial
1: is so hot.
0: My grandfather bought his first warehouse in 1984. We still own that property and I get to lease it. And I li- I literally get teared just thinking about the legacy and how
1: brilliant he was. And I will never sell that property, so. And for a woman in, in industrial, like when young women come to me and they go, what asset class should I, i go industrial. <sighs> but I'm a big supply and demand person. And I like walking in a room with a bunch of Wall Street guys and I'm the only chick there. I think industrial, I, I, you know, the higher, like I don't wear heels, but the higher the heels, the better. If I was showing space, I'd be walking around with those red bottoms. I don't even own a pair of those, but if I was an industrial, I'd be all about that.
0: I literally talk about supply and demand all the time and I could not agree more. I, I have gotten deals because people look at me and they say, You remind me of my daughter, or you remind me of some female related that uh, pushed them in our direction. And so I feel very, very lucky that uh, I was brought into this business, but enough about me. So you have embraced the digital age with open arms. And a lot of people in our industry haven't. Two questions, one, Why do you, what was different about you that gave you the sense to lean towards it? And two, what are, this is a selfish question, two, what are the best ways to find deals as a commercial real estate broker online?
1: So I was an idiot seven years ago about, I really need to get this date because people ask me this all the time. Seven years ago, I was on nothing. I thought Facebook was the stupidest thing ever. My sister was on it all the time, like, you are so wasting your time. What are you doing? This is like you're stupid. and and you know, and i I didn't really say those words, but I'm was thinking those words like, what in the hell? And then one day uh, my I always have an intern slash junior leasing agent always. I roll them out, roll them in, roll them out. And Mackenzie was her name. And she came and she goes, I think we should prospect on Facebook. I'm like, that's the most stupidest idea. Like, are you kidding me? And and then I heard myself say it. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I am a teacher. Honey, you go try that and let's see how it works. So condescending. Four days later, four days later, we signed a lease with a chocolate store I had been after for four years. had been in one location for 29 years. No, for 49 years, one location. She signs a lease with them in four days. I'm like, I think I should get on Facebook. (laughs) And that's how my journey started. And we started prospecting on Facebook. And um, I just got onto Instagram maybe a year ago. I got into LinkedIn and um, obviously Clubhouse. I'm not really on Twitter. Um, And the, how, the best way to get deals, I think, is to help people. So I, I'm out, hey, I'm canvassing today. It's pouring rain. It's the best day to canvas on Facebook. And someone sees that. Like, oh, I remember a woman, I don't do third party anymore. I used to at Terra Nova, but I don't do it anymore. But if a woman said, a guy called me one day and said, I hear that you're the canvassing queen. And I have properties that have a lot of vacancy. I'm going to hire you to canvas. I go, "Where did you hear from me?" My my wife saw you on Facebook doing a video that you were out canvassing for a shopping center. Who does that? Wow. So I and I was doing it, I was speaking to my leasing peeps who I coach and train to, "Hey, if I can do it, so can you. I am 60, I own shopping centers and I'm out canvassing. So don't tell me canvassing doesn't work." you know, oh, I'm a I'm a veteran, I'm 52, I don't need to canvas. Okay, well, maybe you don't, but then you're gonna lose that third-party client or you're never gonna own real estate because, you know, I, I think I prospect. So that's how I fill my shopping centers. And of course, I, get, I work with brokers and I, you know, I send specific customized emails out. I don't do email blasts. So I prospect in a lot of ways, but for me on social media, the more you can help, like give away all your secrets, there are no more secrets. The internet has taken away secrets. So people, you give out all your materials. It's already, 50 people have already talked about this. So I just put myself out there. You know, this is how I look for a shopping center to buy. When then someone wants to hire me to consult with them on, you know, they have money and they want to place money. Will you, you know, I don't want to be a broker, but if they want to hire me for three hours to drive them around and tell them how I bought my deals, I'll take that cash flow. So, so that's how I've gotten all my business on LinkedIn. I'll do things like, hey, national retailers, we know you hate email blasts. How do you want us to contact you? Well, now my leasing agents get our benefit of that information. And then the retailers, when I see them at shows, oh, you're helping us. So when I called, I was trying to get Guitar, guitar Center for years. All of a sudden I sent him a LinkedIn private message he, right emails me right back. Why? Well, you're helping our industry. So I'm helping and then I get known and then people know me so then they take my phone calls and they respond.
0: So just to inform the listeners, what does a day of canvassing look like to you?
1: It is getting a stack of flyers and there's two ways to canvass. There's target canvassing and market canvassing. So in retail, unlike industrial, I know that I want a barbershop because I have two hair salons, they're printing money. They don't do men, I need to do a barber, okay? So I will target canvas. I'll go to the 20 barbers within three miles and I will hand out my, I walk in and there's eight guys sitting in chairs. Hi, who is this blonde 60 year old chick walking in? And I usually have a very cute young female intern. Yeah, I, I also have guy interns, but I wanna help females, right? So, I have a lot more of the females, but I'll take guys and we walk in. And if I do have a guy intern and a girl intern, the guy stands outside when we walk in the barber because the girl needs to have the confidence to walk in to a barber shop with eight people all turned to look at you like, what are they doing here? Hi, I have shopping centers. I love to have a barber shop. Who do I leave the flyer with? And then a barber might say, I want to open my own. Or the owner might say, I'm looking for some. You grab the business card. They, this barber has three locations. I'm coming back to find this guy. Because three means he'll do four. So and, and so that's target canvassing. I'll hit every barber. Now, if I'm in a center with a barber, I'm going to canvass the rest of the center. But then I'm going to go to the next barber. Market canvassing is you go to, you know, whatever. What town do you live in? Denver. Denver. So you go to a suburb of Denver and you hit center by center by center by center. That's market canvassing. Like you're not use specific.
0: Got it. I
1: love it. The boots on the ground approach. And then while you're out canvassing, every time that call you've been waiting for to come in, that had you been sitting at the office going, when they're going to call me, when they're going to call me, when they're going to call me. me?" If you go out canvassing, there's this. My, my loving term called canvassing karma happens all the time. I was in mobile, no, not mobile, Troy, Montgomery, Alabama last week. And I was, I've been waiting for this big deal to happen. It happened. I got the call while we were canvassing, but while we were canvassing, I was canvassing with one of my clients. We Pull up to a shopping center. I do a little video. Hi, I'm here with Lizzie. We're canvassing in Montgomery, Alabama. Lizzie, what have you learned today? And she tells the people we post it on Instagram. We canvass the center. I get back in the car, I pull up Instagram. There's a guy, hi, I'm Neil. Beth, you don't know me, but I've been following you. I am the real estate manager of a pediatric urgent care in Troy, Alabama. Love for you to stop by. We're opening a ton of locations in the Southeast. Aviva. We were sitting, the car was sitting in front of the pediatric urgent care. <laughs> hey, wow. It's a smaller world than we think.
0: <laughs> Crazy. I'd love it. I, uh, that's noble to say the least. So I've got one more question for you before the speed round, and then I'll let you head over to your showing. What does the future of retail space and shopping centers look like? In your opinion.
1: And Phenomenal.
0: The- Phenomenal. Okay.
1: So uh, there's 1,000 malls in our country. 300 will close in the next three to five years. Supply and demand, that's good for us. The less retail, the better, right? Supply and demand. Currently, there's $5.4 trillion of sales in the United States as of November. We don't have the numbers post-Christmas. Guess Guess what percentage of the $5.4 trillion of retail sales is online sales? Three,
0: 600 billion, 700 billion. What
1: percentage of the 5.4 trillion? 30. 16. Wow. In you're too young to remember catalogs, but (laughs) in the 60s, there's these things called catalogs. Sears catalog, Penny's catalog, Spiegel catalog. For those that are old like me, they're like Spiegel catalog. It was 10%. So retail is evolving. There's definitely Amazon, Walmart, Target, definitely has taken apparel, right? And shoes, Zappos, and Amazon number one shoe seller in the world. So, but restaurants... Five years ago, if you were if you owned a shopping center, you didn't do more than ten percent of your GLA gross leasable area for restaurants. So if I had a hundred thousand square foot center, I didn't have more than ten thousand square feet of restaurants. Now it's fifty thousand square feet. Half can be restaurants. So we're evolving. We're evolving. We need to address the problems of our customers' time, and have popis buy online, pick up in store drive-throughs, outdoor seating. So, so retail is here to stay, but it's evolving. And the malls, we, we built too many malls. I'm sure you, you know, I could be in Denver or Fort Lauderdale, and if I didn't know what city I was in, the mall looks exactly the same. There's no unique qualities. So we need to get rid of the, th- the, the 300 that are not performing, keep the ones that are. They'll still be the third place for teenagers. That will come back. They'll add more entertainment and restaurants and we're good to go. I'm a very bullish on retail.
0: I, I, I know, I hear all the time, commercial real estate's dying. I said, don't, don't count it out. I don't personally feel bad for anybody who owns commercial real estate at this time moving forward. So let them all think that because then we'll get the deals. Oh yeah, I know. I said, leave it to us, we're, that's fine. <laughs> so we have our speed round. And uh, what a, in the speed round, I'm going to ask you a question. Just tell me the first answer that comes to your mind. Ready, Beth? I'm ready. Uh, talking or texting. Talking. Favorite day of the week. Monday. Favorite city in the. US besides the one you live in. Kauai, Hawaii, Hawaii. Nice. Nickname your parents used to call you. Buffy. How long does it take for you to get ready? Five minutes. On a scale from one to 10, how good of a driver are you?
1: Ooh, I think I'm a 10, but my kids would say a six.
0: (laughs) First celebrity crush?
1: Tom Cruise.
0: If you could travel back in time, what time period would you go to? When I was 16. (laughs) Place you want to travel most?
1: I love Hawaii
0: and fill in the blank taylor swift is successful hey beth this has been an absolute pleasure i wish i could stay with you for a day and canvas with you come hey i come i could you it's not the most rare thing to catch me in florida so I really appreciate your time today. I really think you brought a lot of value to our listeners and you do that on and off this podcast. So thank you for leading the way for women in real estate. I will be at your summit on Friday and thank you. I really appreciate all of you the time. Thank
1: you so much for having me. I look forward to blossoming this friendship. So thanks for having me. Thank you, Beth. The feeling is
0: mutual. Good luck at your showing. Thank you. Bye.
1: <laughs> Bye.